Um, do we have a cold open? I don't. I don't have anything. I don't think we, we don't have to have a cold open every time, do we? Is this our cold open? I mean, this could be. It can open. be. We could just keep talking about Capcom. And those we, wonderful we're talking about games. Capcom. Yeah, we were talking about the fact that they teased uh, Street Fighter Six with a Adobe stock uh, image logo and two seconds of video of an extremely <laughs> wide Ryu. Just a very wide Ryu. They're like, they're trying to catch up with uh, he's Chris always Redfield. Been, he's always been a wide boy, but this was like kind of comical fighting like a know, like a J-pop guy. What the fuck was that? I think is Luke. Is that who he is? I don't know. He's the future Street Fighter, I heard. I I just wonder what their justification will be for not setting this game after Street Fighter 3. Street Fighter 6 teaser trailer. Let's go. Are you ready? What the hell? What's wrong with this guy's arms? <laughs> what do you mean? The, the guy's forearms look wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like welcome to 3D Street Fighters. They've looked fucked up forever. <laughs> and all not Ryu is the new guys. Yeah, no. Does Ryu but... have a beard? Yeah, uh, he he got. He hot. has a Kratos beard. Yeah, punished Ryu. Yeah, that's funny. All right, so um, yeah. But I, I was saying that the more important announcement was the Street Fighter, or was the, sorry, the Capcom Fighting 35th Anniversary Collection, which is actually kind of neat. Yeah, they got like 15,000 fighting games in it. No. How many? 10. You know, the Close 10, enough. the 10 important Street Fighter, or fighting games from Capcom's history, uh, four Darkstalker games, Puzzle Fighter, two arcade games nobody gives a shit about, and one version of Street Fighter 2. And then something else, I forget. Uh, but what is, fighting collection. what is neat about it is that they did the work to put in online play for every single one of the games, including casual ranked and just lobby play with rollback. Rollback, right? Yeah, which is like wild. They did the work to let you play Puzzle Fighter online in the best possible way. I have not heard of 90% of these. Yeah, it's four Dark Darkstalkers games, one of which has never been officially released in the West, two arcade games, one of which was in some other collection recently. Uh, the other one uh, has never been released to home consoles before ever. It's the only CPS3 arcade hardware game that has not been ported yet. Uh, and then, like, Puzzle Fighter, which is good, and Street Fighter II Hyper Fighting, which is the incorrect version of Street Fighter 2. But, you know, you Wait, take I only you count get. 10 games here. Yeah. This yeah. isn't 30,000. Know, you know, all 35 years of Capcom fighting game history. Render these are all the, uh, the 10 most important Capcom <laughs> fighting games. These, these are the secret fighting games that um you didn't you didn't notice. Turns out the most important 40% of them are Darkstalkers games. What even is Red Earth? Red Earth made waves at the time of its release with its unique RPG and password system. Did it, though? Excuse me? Yeah. It is the holy year, 1999, in a world dominated by religious governments and where military might is comprised of swords and magic. While each country yearns to expand its own influence and power, they have maintained an equal, if shaky, balance of power. <laughs> Yeah, but what's okay. the game about? I mean, I remember the year 1999 pretty clearly. 
Yeah, you uh, know, swords, when... magic, and religious governments. You know, ninety-nine. Oh, uh, there's Mai Ling, uh, Kenji the ninja, uh, Tessa the wizard, uh, <laughs> Hauser the T-Rex, uh, Kongu the red ogre. <laughs> with with eyes in opposite directions. Red Earth. I, uh, I like that. Red Earth. It's cool that it's getting a home port, but Red Earth kind of sucks shit as like a, a game, especially as a fighting game. It's not it's not good. So I'm surprised. Like it's cool that it exists, but like you have to look at this, this ogre. Goblin. No, it's an ogre. You have to see that his eyes are <laughs> looking in different directions. Yeah, that's a Japanese oni face if I've ever seen one. Uh, there's Revenge, the Chimera, uh, Hydron, the Octopus Nautilus? I'm not really sure, sure what I'm looking at, no, actually. Right. Uh, whoa! What? <laughs> oh, the, the proportions on this character are so weird. Oh my god. It's a harpy lady. Mm -hmm. Arms are too long. And I, I, I don't, I think I think well, it's that is a design. Wow, but it's freaking me out. <laughs> uh, Gigi and Blade. <laughs> what is Blade? Blade, <laughs> Blade is. Oh my God! Hold on. He I'm is what he what it Blade. says. Yeah, he's. <laughs> he's Certain, like, he certainly is. <laughs> he's got a lot of blades. <laughs> That's what he's got going on. Can you yeah, believe uh, that yeah. this was the first game on this arcade hardware? Street Fighter 3 would eventually run on the same hardware and just like look so much What are better. the RPG elements of this game? That's what I want to know. There's like What is it? It's like you can um level up your abilities. Yeah, like you can collect coins and stuff to get experience and there's items and like you level up. It's it's like it's like brawler mechanics, but with a but in a fighting game, it's weird. It's not. It's also again not very good. Um, although I do What's think it's the... neat. This has this one has fatalities in it, which is something. What's with the Morgan uh, butt wings? What is what is that about? What does that design uh, come from? I don't know. I mean, who 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 decided wings come out of your butt? I, I don't understand. Out of, like, the sort of tailbone area, but not really. Yeah. It, like hip it, wings. Yeah. <laughs> also, I just want to correct myself. It's not from earlier. It's not for Darkstalkers games. It's five. So half the collection is Darkstalkers. Incredible. Uh, <laughs> Clearly, when is the most important and beloved franchise in Capcom's long, illustrious fighting game history. Yeah, so beloved they'll never make another one ever again. They should, though. What are the odds Capcom eventually goes the way of Konami? Just, like, gives up on video games and goes... I make Pachinko? And goes full Pachinko slash slots machines? Uh, I think they're too successful in... They're just, a couple other ways. They're gonna they're gonna do that with everything that isn't uh, Resident Evil and Monster Hunter. Yeah. Although yeah. there is that dark era on the PS2 when they made just they gave up and just made garbage with Resident Evil slapped on it. 
<laughs> Code Veronica? You're saying that's not a masterpiece? No, I'm saying... I'd say that extended into the Xbox 360 era. I'm saying, do you remember the first-person shooter Code Veronica that they made? Oh, what was it, Dead Aim? Yeah. <laughs> do you remember their weird online Resident Evils on the PS2? Hey, Outbreak was something. And then there was like, um... Fuck, what was that other one? I was just watching a thing about it. About Operation Raccoon City. Now that's too recent. It's like 10 years ago. Too recent. Uh, yeah. Do you want to move on into the, the rest of the show or how do you want to close this we segment? We can, but before we do, I need to continue. I need to Google this question so that I'm not doing it at the start. I need to answer my own my own question here. All right. Resident Evil wiki category, PlayStation 2 games. Outbreak. Okay, yeah. So it was, uh, yeah, so it's Outbreak, Outbreak File 2, Resident Evil Survivor 2, Code Veronica. Because Survivor needed a sequel. It needed to be, f but I, I, I was thinking of Dead Aim, the fucking other first person light gun game. Outbreak anyway. 2 had a zoo, didn't it? I think so. I'm gonna go to the zombie zoo. Welcome to the Funcast, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Uh, today we're here to talk about video games. I am Andrew Wilkinson, and I'm excited to talk about them. Are you? Yes. That's Tim, are you know. excited? I'm 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 excited to talk about video games, guys. Daniel, are you excited? Because I am. I am very excited, especially now that uh, I'm not tired. I forgot to eat today. Just yeah. Well, has so, that. so I'm like, oh, you know, I'm really tired. What is that? I should have three cups of coffee and then just realize it's because I hadn't eaten. Uh, so now I'm highly caffeinated and suddenly energized. Um, I threw off my sleep schedule real bad uh, playing a game that had come out recently uh, last yeah. night because I didn't have work today. Uh, yeah, that'll President's uh, Day. You mean Family Day? The uh, correct no. <laughs> the correct uh, presidential day. The world holiday, U.S. President's Day, <laughs> where everyone celebrates it's George the, Washington's birthday. The best when day. When we save democracy. The best day of the year to buy a new uh, used Chevy or Ford vehicle at your <laughs> local dealer. Yes, correct. Come on down. Or a mattress. Mattresses also. Lots of good President's Day deals. There was a car commercial up in New Hampshire where the person would do uh, a Clinton impression into a Bush impression, into <laughs> Obama impression, into a Trump impression. Perfect. Back to back without stopping with each segment being 30 seconds and i'm pretty sure it was the same person that did all four impressions and it was really impressive <laughs> that's honestly more work than i was than you'd expect to go into local car ads but you know sometimes they surprise you hey those local cars they need to move them <laughs> it's the only time <laughs> they ain't moving themselves not anymore uh no one everyone that's realized why, they don't need cars used car lot <laughs> oh boy um yeah, so I'm I'm just going to jump into it. Uh 
new games are coming out very soon. Uh, some new games came out last week uh, that we will talk about later on. Um, but the big thing on everyone's mind right now, or at least as I can tell, is Elden Ring. Everyone's talking about it. I keep hearing people talking about it. I keep hearing people saying they're going to just, you know, disappear from the earth, become incorporeal when uh, Elden Ring comes out and just vanish to play that game nonstop and of course, sort of you, avoid the uh If you don't go incorporeal, you can't invade anybody. Ha ha! Is there even invading? Yes. That's how little I know about this game. I've I've kept myself completely out of the loop. I know it is Dark Souls inspired and there's a horse. Yeah, there's going to be swords and magic and um, sort of opaque lore. So yeah. you can count and on a that. a horse. There's, there's a, a horse. There's a lady that... Important. There's a lady that levels you up that has a weird eye thing going on, you know, to keep the tradition alive. Mm-hmm. I assume there's souls of some kind. Mm-hmm. Your, um, sure. your magic uh, ghost goat horse can double jump. Horse. Which is like the greatest invention in Souls history, a dedicated jump button. That is nice, actually. Yeah. Dark Souls 3 jumping is so jank. I mean, I'm, that I'm one added uh... like a thing for it, but like in previous games, yeah. like if you're sprinting, you could just, because they move sprinting. Run at the ledge. Until, and... yeah, Phil left. didn't feel good. No. Yeah. I tried. I, um, I was doing some light replaying of Bloodborne, and I was like, oh, I got to do this. There's this, that section. Uh, where you're like up in the rafters trying to drop. The, oh, oh no, there's the, the always, church, always the a control call section. Yeah. And it's like, I need to w- either walk off this ledge or find the correct distance to sprint and jump off it so I can fall two inches away from a wall. And it never <laughs> feels good. I've been uh, I've been playing bad Souls games, I guess. Um, we, like Again, we could talk about that later, but I'm, I'm excited to play Elden Ring uh, because I did not enjoy the other one it, that I was uh, playing. It so. sounds like from a lot of the stuff that people have said about the network test, this seems like an open world game that I will fully lose myself in, much like Pokemon or Breath of the Wild, where it's just a game where you don't really need to check your map constantly for shit to do. You can just kind of wander around and progress yourself that way. Yeah, interesting. I really know nothing about the game. Like, I have no idea what the flow is going to be like. There's a very good surprise. Iron Pineapple has a very good video from his experience in the network test a couple months ago. That's just here. That is a great channel. The structure Keep of watching. the video game as it was shown to us in the network test. And From put out a like a, a couple days ago, like a six minute long, just very basic overview. This is what this game is video, which is useful. It, you know, basically no just explains it's Dark Souls, but with the open world. And they're like, hey, you could fast travel to points that you've unlocked. And it's like, yes, it's an open Thank world God. game. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go in it blind, as blind as can be, and just see what happens. So that's what I'm going to do. And hopefully we'll have more to talk about it next week once we actually get to play it. Uh, for this week, the releases that people have also been talking about, even though Lost Ark came out last week, there was also uh, Total War. Uh, which came out, uh, which has been highly anticipated for me and apparently a lot of other people. I saw an article the other day that was saying it was topping the Steam charts uh, pretty handily uh, the last couple of days. So They've pretty cool. Done nothing but grow in popularity. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, okay, cool. So 
we're going to move into some new stuff. Speaking of Steam, um, I saw that uh, Steam Deck has replacement parts, so that's good. Yeah, their Valve is, you know, I don't like all the things they do, but they do them the right way. They they're partnering with iFixit to sell official replacement parts for the Steam Deck and also the Valve Index, which is nice. So oh, the like Valve a, Index as well. Yeah. I feel like I had heard that. So if you need like a new left analog stick or a touchpad or like, you know, whatever, a new screen for your Steam Deck, you can buy it officially through iFixit and they'll give you the, you know, tools and a tutorial video on how to fix your thing, which is fantastic news. I didn't watch the actual teardown of it. Have you seen that? See how complicated it is to it's take it apart bad. The to only, actually fix anything? The only really bad part about it is kind of uh an overdone amount of glue holding the battery in place but mm. otherwise the taking apart the steam deck is just screws and like normal little, screws a, or yeah, crazy screws normal <laughs> screws i don't think they're screws like, i'm gonna be afraid to touch i don't think they're like weird like torque security bits or like something truly not like the apple ones no. the uh <laughs> horrible horrible apple ones what is wrong with Apple? What are they so afraid of? Jeez. Uh, the idea uh, that you might fix your phone give yourself. give them money. Yeah, and therefore not buy a new one. Contribute so to I, the continual wasting away of the Earth's resources by throwing think this, uh, good things away. This announcement that they're... Uh, I, I mean, I just seen the follow-through that these guys are putting out with um, sort of the, all their announcements, including, like, you know, getting games working on the Steam Deck and... and it's it's just sort of reassuring people that this isn't sort of a, a one and done. This isn't the uh This isn't Steam Machines, this yeah, isn't so the Steam Link, this isn't the Steam Controller. Just trust trust us. Again, time. I haven't <laughs> liked all their things, but they're at least doing they at least try to do things the right way, right? I think the Steam Controller was done the right way. I just, just think it once it got it. in the hands of people, yeah. people are like, I don't actually want this. <laughs> this actually this actually kind of sucks. This feels weird. You know? Yeah. And no, they were they like, I don't know this. if I want this. And then Steam was like, oh, okay. And then they slowly like <laughs> stopped yeah, caring about it. Yeah, just kind of forgot it exists. Let people bury oh, it. There was themselves. just like a, like a small contingent of people being like, oh, they're going to release and then they're going to stop supporting it. And I think this just kind of goes to show um, probably not this time. Hopefully if not. If it's popular... Yeah. If you if you buy it, they will keep going. I think I Steam's mean, always been that sort of responsive yeah, style. I think, and I think, uh, like the first indication is just like how cheap the Steam Deck is compared to other handheld PCs, like the IMAX Neo or whatever the fuck. All those other companies that make them that are like a thousand dollars, and here's a Steam Deck for like five hundred. You know? Yeah. It's like, oh, that's a good sign. They're like actually trying to manufacture these things in volume to where like the pricing isn't going to kill them. Yeah, and it's exciting to I'm excited to try and get my hands on one for sure. I, I know everyone has been talking about, you know, 3000 series graphics cards for the past year and all this stuff, but I'm ready to just get a new game machine that is simple and straightforward. And I'm hoping the Steam Deck does that. So we'll see. Um. Yeah, I want so to see cool. what I want to see what weird stuff people do with like because it has the slide pads from the fucking Steam controller on it, but also the top of the thumbsticks is also like touch enabled, which is wild. It's like haptics I, up it, there. 
Well, just like the Switch, I can't imagine ever using it like a controller. So I, I can never imagine holding it. I don't think that will just, I just don't see that ever yeah. happening. Pair a controller with it and give it a kickstand or plug it into a monitor and just never actually use the, use it handheld. Correct. Yeah. I will never, I Get never that. need anything but my Xbox 360 controller. Get that, that dock forever. that will eventually. Will oh, eventually do you think ship. someone will make an accessory where like a clip on phone? To your controller, <laughs> where you clip on the entire Steam Deck. I mean, you could Hell probably. Yeah. I mean, they released the uh, they released the up. CAD files for the the shell, so you can like three D print your own case. So you know, if you want to modify that and just print a case that is a phone holder, stick a controller on that controller. Yeah. Now I just need a dock that will support like an external video card, and I really do have a machine that I'll never <laughs> need to replace like ever. It'll be awesome. That'd actually be pretty funny. Someday. You just plug it in like a toaster, and then it takes advantage of your 3080 or whatever. Um, Bring back cool. the Sega 32X. You plug just your toaster into a 3080? Thing. Hell yeah. Get my okay. high-resolution toast. Baby. <laughs> um, so other Steam change uh, noted here in our news stuff is, I guess they're changing their discount rules, which is kind of cool. Um kind of a minor thing uh, i think steam this is another part of steam taking things seriously where i don't know if steam has ever fully recognized how much power they have in their their steam platform so every now and then i feel like they show up to be like oh yeah we should probably you know stop malicious actors and just I mean, be a little bit more concrete people, with our rules we should probably let people search our store better because <laughs> it's a mess yeah stuff like that I mean, some of these policy changes, it, it's these, these are very obviously like in response to just something <laughs> a glut, a glut of shovelware and like attempts to like manipulate like shovelware prices to, I don't know, top some part of like their sales the, charts. Most, or, most, most notably, it's stuff like the under X dollar sorting that you can do in Steam, which is like a useful place to look. Hey, what's on sale? What's a good deal? Oh, it's shovelware garbage that's 95% off all the time. Right. No, all it can the only time. be 90% off. I mean, some of, some yeah. of these, is, is it is not possible to discount your product for 28 days following a price increase in any currency. Okay, yeah, obviously, um, that's they good. don't want people jacking up the price and then yeah, ahead of sales. discounting it like Especially, 95%. Especially nice there because it's in any currency because Steam now does a lot of lo serves a, in a lot of local currencies. And like right. sometimes you'd see stuff where like uh, certain regions because of like, you know, purchasing powers, they're way cheaper. But like you jack the price there in order to like change your average for that region. And then you discount like, you know, 30%. But it would just be just in a way to like throw off deal tracking. <laughs> Like that was other the other regions. that was a big change they made years and years ago i remember that when people were proxying and then buying games in russian mm -hmm. or whatever because it was like 50 bucks you know you could buy it for 50 dollars or you could buy it for 50 rubles yeah and i was like well <laughs> that doesn't convert so like this is were, nice like, that like they that. can't like fuck other regions because like they're like a company's doing weird things with prices in another region like that's nice once you change, oh, sorry, you, you you can't cheat anybody. It's we're not just caring about the U.S. dollar or whatever. That's nice. Thank 50, you. Uh, Fifty rubles is uh, sixty cents if you're running. Oh, what a what a steal! 
You can't. You also can't uh, discount a product by more than ninety percent anymore. So we're not seeing ninety-five percent off or ninety-nine percent off. Yeah, I'm wondering how that's going to affect any of the. Um, if if there's any twenty-dollar game that wants to go down to a dollar, they no longer can. That was probably rare. I used to see that a lot with the ten-dollar games, the indie games. They'd yeah. go down to a dollar. Um, but now the $20 games can't go down to a dollar. I doubt that changes anything. They'll just have to go to $2, but they should get money for what they're doing anyway. <laughs> it's like, it's one of those things where like, I don't know how much that matters, but like it might stop something like does a shovelware game get bought because now it's two fifty instead of $2 permanently on sale. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest case use case is exactly the jacking the price and selling it. So imagine the game is $5 normally and then they jack it to 20 and sell it for 75% off, yeah. so it's or five they, again. Or they like, like they they jack the price in like a region where it's popular, but the currency's bad and just like leave the price the same somewhere else. And then, you know, yeah. they can't do weird regional only currency manipulations or for right. sales at least. Um, so that's Steam. That's what Steam's got going on. Uh, I guess Nintendo speaking of eShops, I guess is closing down their 3DS and Wii U stores, which is crazy. They're finally they're finally dead. They get to shamble along as a weird zombie for like a, a year, sort of? Well, the, the, the timings that they announced are a little fucky. So basically, you uh, can't buy anything after late March 2023. That's it. Hard stop. But like effectively for most people it is going to be much sooner because you can no longer use a credit card after uh may 23rd 2022 yeah uh, so get fucked that much sooner hey, i guess you still got yeah. like three months in there you can add funds through eShop cards <laughs> Yeah, How am so, I going to buy my, my Mario Kart 8 DLC for the Wii U version? That's it's They're, they're well, cutting me at the legs here. <laughs> well, you buy a Switch. Well, Android, since these Ugh. platforms are going to be officially dead in about three months, I have absolutely no remorse in saying just fucking jailbreak your Wii U and your 3DS. It is so easy. <laughs> it is You yeah. go to a website in your browser and it just cracks your 3DS wide open for you. It's fantastic. That's and funny. then and then totally don't Google dot CIA bundles for the 3DS and just download every single game possible onto your SD card. Because you know how you pirate things on the 3DS? No, I don't. I've never. No. What? You pirate things on the 3DS by getting the token that says you own the game and then you just download it from the eShop <laughs> because the tokens aren't uh, aren't unique. Very good authentication. Yeah, okay, it's great. they just assumed so you'd there, never be able to do that. There's a, a little bit of um, a caveat um, for the the credit card and the uh, the eShop card thing is apparently if you have your Nintendo Network ID wallet, which was only for the Wii U and the 3DS, uh, connected to your Nintendo account, which are the new ones, um, the shared balance, you can still use it for some reason. Oh well, I mean, hell yeah. yeah. So load it up on the Switch and then buy games you'll Until never be able to buy. Yeah. <laughs> Until you For literally can't anymore because it'll be dead. But this you is know, um sad. Mm-hmm. this is kind of another, you know. Another Nintendo stab is, at N- Nintendo is Disney. These things are 
the entire library of the 3ds is now in the vaults unless they decide to sell it to you it. again yeah which sucks because like atlas just like surprise announced soul hackers 2 which is for some reason coming to everything except switch and like there they had there are so many atlas games on the 3ds that are just never going to leave the 3ds like i just don't believe atlas is ever yeah. going to bother porting them and now you won't I mean, be able to buy them anymore. That fucking we're we're going to keep running into this in perpetuity until, I don't know, somebody figures out how to actually archive shit in a way that, you yeah. know, makes any sort of goddamn sense. An actual, that, well, yeah. this is my favorite part of the Q&A. Why is this happening? <laughs> this is part of the natural life cycle for any product line. You got to say well, little Timmy. Yeah. Well, little Timmy. <laughs> the 3DS eShop went of off, life. went to live in a farm upstate. Yeah. Sometimes a team of a hundred people put in four years of work and nobody gets to play it ever again. Yeah. Yeah. It, and that's just you're just gonna have to accept that. You know, it's interesting too, you mentioned archiving, and you know, there are major video game efforts by the Library of Congress and the um, video game museum or whatever. The video game the strong video game museum yeah. where there are gonna be these digital only titles, and if they missed the window to acquire them. Then that window is yeah. gone forever. I mean, unless, I don't know if that's happened. Um, unless, or will like, happen, whatever, but it could. unless you know, whatever publisher that owns or developer that owns those rights, like, still exists somewhere, you know, or it's like, oh, we archived our work, but we like lost the office, but somebody might have left a briefcase like hidden in a cupboard, and I hope that's still there. In a lockbox at the yeah. bottom of the drawer, hidden in a ceiling you, tile. You hear these stories, but like I feel like ninety nine percent of the time, if after the game is launched, like that game company did not archive it well at all, and oh. after a couple of years, it's just gone. Absolutely not. <laughs> all those source files are just disappear. Like that source type of source archiving is like, as of last console generation, pretty only starting to become somewhat normal. Yeah. Um, and then this other article, I said, I guess, says like a thousand digital only games, which I, I don't know. I feel like that doesn't mean anything because there's so many terrible games, but there are yeah. some things in here that are probably more noticeable, especially like, in the Wii U, um, yeah. the forgotten system. I'm not going to pretend like all of these games is going to be a huge loss to humanity, but, no, but. Uh, you know, it's still sucks that you can that never they, play some yeah. of these ever again yeah i mean legally like that's yeah <laughs> it's that i mean that's the caveat is that like nintendo is just weirdly disinterested in its own history both of its own mainline games but also all the other things that companies publish on their platforms they're just like yeah you know some of this stuff will work on re-releasing some of it we won't some of it will be you know lost forever because just nobody gives a shit, and like that sucks. <laughs> also, so I said the um, stuff it would could just be available for purchase forever. How much could it possibly those were the, cost uh, to run a, a store server for the Wii U? The Wii U and the 3DS are the last virtual consoles, right? As well, like yep. after that's gone, there'll be no way to buy virtual SNES, NES, or any of those titles as well, right? No, they'll all be gone. Well, buy yeah. no, subscribe. Hell yeah. <laughs> Sega catalog with that, you know, Nintendo Online Plus. <laughs> um, I think I own uh, on the Wii U, like the castle, the NES Castlevanias, weirdly enough. 
I remember playing them on the gamepad of all places. Remember when you could just buy an NES game digitally? Ugh. No, Ugh. and Nintendo doesn't want you to remember it either. It sucks. Moving on to the next thing here, uh, Nintendo adjacent, I guess, is uh, Capcom and Street Fighter 6 is coming, which I guess we must have announced at some point already. There was, was a one trailer of those, for it, wasn't there? It was one of those things that was like, they're probably going to make another one, but like... They haven't shown they've been, for it? They've been, ever since the initial launch area of like Street Fighter 4 and kicking back off the fighting game genre, it's been a very, very slow roll from Capcom on its fighting games. That has not been their priority as a studio or a publisher. So it was like Street Fighter 6 will come eventually, but there was never like any official thing. Hmm. Uh, I like their logo. It is a hexagon. You like it? Yeah. I swear I've seen it before. (laughs) I mean, it's like the most... I hope it's a. I hope it's placeholder. It has to be. I mean, there's. When you uh, look just at, look at it and contrast all the past ones. What, oh yeah, all the all. past Street Fighter logos, and then you look at this fucking corporate MMA broadcasting bullshit. So they they announced this this countdown. At, what was it like last week? Yep. Did you guys expect anything else? Did you expect something different? Did you hope maybe for the Resident the Evil font, Four remake? The font looked like Resident Evil. Did you see the countdown font. at all? It looked no. like yeah. Res- yeah. it looked like Resident <laughs> Evil font on the countdown, so I was like, "Oh, maybe it's RE8 DLC or something." No. And then, oh, here's the thing: it's like nice to know that it's official, I guess. But like, you were always gonna make another Street Fighter. Oh, that's right. They just did the Street Fighter collaboration with Magic: The Gathering too. Yeah. This that must have been why they like reached out to them to like. Yeah, and there was a there was a Capcom Pro Tour thing this week where they are. Are nerds still mad about that? The the magic cards thing, yes. I mean, uh, less sort of, less. sort of. Like the the first problem with that crossover was like it was a mechanically unique, uh, Walking Dead card of all things, like all things to cross over with. But it was like mechanically mm-hmm. unique, and like therefore, oh no, it's a thing we can't have in regular Magic because this isn't a legal card. But it's mechanically unique, and we'll never mm-hmm. get it. And it's like on the one hand, it's like who fucking cares. Uh, but on the other but hand, it's also legal in yeah. vintage, like yeah. The, but then they announced or... <laughs> magic. Magic announced that, or uh, Wizards was like, "All right, we'll eventually print that thing into a playable format, and then going forward, all our crossover cards will get a a print reprinting that is like devoid of their crossover branding. So if you want the like special Ryu version of that effect, you can buy that secret. You can pre-order that secret layer, and I might pre-order that secret layer. And every, everyone was it. satisfied with that, right? Everyone, everyone was totally I fine. Mean, there's and still mostly. There's still okay. fucking nerds out there that are like, "How dare Magic: The Gathering have Ryu on it? How dare people yeah, and, have and, fun with these yeah. collectibles? This is a serious, it's been, serious it's been over fantasy." A since yeah, I last like, played, so I'm sure the demographic hasn't really shifted that much. It's the same. Don't you know, Tim? MTG invented gatekeeping that community <laughs> brought it first yeah, yeah i learned that i learned that pretty hard when i was uh when i was a teenager yeah I, I do, they're I do, uh, pretty terrible i, I do kind of want to pre-order that secret layer even though i don't play magic anymore just to like frame them they look really cool yeah just frame it put it up looks great some Ryu, of the some of the cards Chun-Li. are hilarious 
Yeah, they're um, super flavorful. Chun Li yeah. has multi kicker, which uh, is such a bad pun. But Ryu, yes, it Ryu does. untaps to throw a Hadouken, which is great because the untap symbol is both a quarter circle forward. And it's a thing you do in the games. You cancel attacks into oh, that's fun. Fireball, which is like beautifully flavorful. Uh, yeah. E Honda's ability can target 100 yeah. hand slaps, can target up to 100 creatures. <laughs> I know. I love that. It's great. Stuff like that. Very There's, weird and number. then they, they on the, the Capcom stream this weekend for their tournament thing. Uh, they like revealed the there's an extra card in that set, which is a reskin of Lightning Bolt as Hadouken. Which is neat. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool set. Um, I liked the uh, Magic the Gathering set too. Um, wow, and I like the Wizards D and D set. That one, right? That's the one I meant to say. <laughs> Not the Magic the Gathering themed Magic the Gathering set because that would <laughs> you make imagine any sense. if they did a crossover? Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, moving on to this section, which I think we saved a bunch of time for because I personally have so much to complain about it um because i was forced to play it and i i did my due diligence i gave my five hours you know we were all I, forced to play it by the, uh, know, the bracelet that'll for, kill us if we don't for mm. the first time i think i played the least of the game pass game incredible oh i don't know i might have beat you on that one my my this xbox game. my xbox app says i played an hour and one minute of mortal oh, shell wait, no, you win. i probably <laughs> only played it for about 40 <laughs> the game was mortal shell that's right mortal shell the game that was i don't think it was that like anticipated it sort of like um was announced shortly before it came out as if i recall and it was really popular before it released like people were like this looks so cool it's like dark souls and like they do a lot of cool things and it looks so edgy it's gonna be awesome and uh, then it came out and no one heard about it ever again. It just vanished into the aether. And it was confusing as to why. This game um, uh, came out wasn't that way, confusing? More, way more recently <laughs> than it than it like act like it feels like this game came out a million years ago, but it came out in August 2012. Well, I mean, between uh, uh, pre-COVID and now, about 40 years have passed. Like, but <laughs> this game feels this game feels old is also part of it. Yeah, so the main thing about this game that I think, you know, has to be uh, said about it because I think it's unfair not to mention it is it was made by an extremely small team. Uh, And while it doesn't seem like a really tiny indie game because it has, you know, exceptionally good graphics or or like character designs um, and animations and stuff. uh, But it is it's like a three to four person person. I'm looking at this. It says founded in 2017 by a core team of four people. I don't know how many people were on the team when the game was made, but I do I know it was still uh, a small team. Yeah. So really small team made this game. Uh, I believe FromSoft is much larger than 15 people. So yes, <laughs> I think I think uh, they have a little bit more people working and debugging think, and testing. I think the last time uh, From was 15 people, they were still making business software. Should we, yeah. should, should we try saying what we like about it before we just shovel shit all over it? No. We have to do this uh, more structured. Let me describe what the game is. It's first. okay. 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 You know what the game is? I'll I'll, I'll describe yep. it. It's Dark Souls. It's okay, like they 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 boiled 
they they brought a mixture of Dark Souls to a simmer and reduced it slightly, so it's a little more concentrated. A, a caveat to it's like Dark Souls. Imagine it's Dark Souls, but you also skipped the opening cutscene, um, <laughs> so, so you that you had even less. So you had even less context yeah. as to what's happening. You skipped the asylum and went straight into Undead Burg at the start of the game. Yeah, like not even Although, Firelink Shrine. The, yeah, there really is no Undead Asylum. There's no Dark Souls 3 opening area either. There's also no like well-developed hub. There is a hub that you can get to. I didn't get far enough. But it, it's more like a a dilapidated tower in the middle of a swamp, and that is the hub. Oh, so um, wait, 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 wait. That that building with the lady in it with like the corpses on one side, that's yes. the... Oh. I thought, okay. That's where all your weapons live. That's where your shells live. That's where the lady lives. Oh, and you can right. access them all there. I got to there and then found that monster in the cave full of bear traps and was like, yeah, I'm good. Yes, I I defeated that monster. And then I defeated his brother. And then I fought their even bigger brother. And I did not defeat that. That's how far I got. Um, so... Okay, so that's the game. It's basically Dark Souls. The plot, as I understand, from my very, very limited understanding of the game... Oh, I can't wait this for is, this. This is all you, because I got nothing. Is you're some sort of dead person in a world of dead people, and you're trying to escape this place that everyone else is like trapped in. These brigands, these other dead people, etc. And you don't know why you're there. And then there's a bunch of lore about random nonsense that's just impossible to follow. It's like, he went to the usurper and he prayed to him, but not before lighting the candle. And it's like, great, I'm glad I read that. What, what, what is that context? Is that what is the, story? What is, <laughs> is Tar? What is, the, what is the lore behind your soul's equivalent being called Tar? Uh, people want it. People crave it. Great. Crave it. They love it. Gotta have it. Yum, yum, yum. So as I said, this is like, this is reduced, concentrated Dark Souls. This is... No, no. See, they add a bunch of cool new concepts, such as glimpses and removing armor sets from the game and removing (laughs) weapon variety and removing enemy variety. Brave new concepts. So what you're saying <laughs> Removing is, this is fast warping and this teleporting. Is, this and... is Dark Souls as made by people that watch Dark Souls lore videos. No, you know what? I honestly, what I think happened here is it's a game made by four, um, th- four artists, like 3D <laughs> environmentalist artist, a it modeler, nice. an animator. Like, it looks. Properly yeah, the environment's nice, nice, grimy. That swamp looks swampy. I was, I laughed to myself when you finally stop holding W to go through that long tunnel at the start. You end up in a swamp, and I'm like, "Fuck it!" Of course they did. Of course they're starting yep. their Dark Souls clone in a goddamn swamp. And so, it's only slightly poisonous, so it's only slightly yeah. Miyazaki. Uh, I like, you know. I didn't play this for very long for reasons that are like kind of not related to the the quality of the game itself. It was more like why is there input delay on the dodge roll type problems. Yes. Um but also mm-hmm. like just the I can see what they're doing. Mm-hmm. It would be neat to see them do it again, try again, <laughs> learn some things, bring them forward. Oh, here's hoping. Because, you know, Dark Souls is good, but, like, 
Dark Souls is good because all the like ridiculous lore shit is like completely background. You don't need it to understand that in Dark Souls 1, you need to just go light the fire to save all these horrible undead people. Like that's the setup on all yeah, the other stuff. Yeah, there's still a narrative through line. Yeah, and all the other history lore stuff is like completely secondary. You don't need it. So, so my this game, experience with Dark Souls. This game is Souls. like okay. this game just like doesn't have a setup. No. The setup is all this weird deep lore shit that's like hidden and like well that's not enjoyable. Like why am I this weird empty shell person that can like inhabit armor? Like what what is this? You know what they don't give you that the game definitely could have benefited from is an objective of yeah. any kind. Dark Souls 3, you get to Firelink Shrine and it's like, oh yeah, these are the Fire Lords. Go kill them. And mm-hmm. you're like, okay. And in Dark Souls 1, which I did not play, I believe it has something to do with finding the Lord Soul. So I'm yeah, pretty sure someone tells you, it's like go the, find the Lord Soul. The start of that <laughs> game is like, yeah, go. you need to go link the fire. And in order to do that, you got to go get these two souls from these two bosses so you can move on to the next kingdom or whatever. Like, yeah. It gives you that and like that's all you really need. And like everything else is like fantasy shit with like people turn to zombies when they die. And that's why they want souls because they don't have any. It's like, okay, that's right. the setup. All the weird esoteric lore shit is secondary. This game is all secondary esoteric lore shit as it's like set up, which is like the worst type of souls like. Um, another thing about Dark Souls 3, which again, the one I is the most I have experience with is um, that world actually felt fairly lived in, which was cool because uh, there's a lot of characters you can talk to at random places that you just stumble into. And there's little characters, right? Not everything's a villain. I felt like in this game, I stumbled into exactly two I characters like, I felt like in the five hours I played. Game. I felt like a bad guy. Like you just, you're just stumbling into you're just stumbling into like this camp full of dudes sitting around a fire playing a guitar, and you just yeah, murder them. I, yeah. <laughs> you just fucking destroy. I, these I did idiots. find out they're brigands for sure. That's yeah. the stumbling, game calls them brigands. Stumbling into situations um, really sort of uh, em, uh, is emblematic of this game's uh, map design um, because yeah. it felt there was such dog shit signposting like. It, the the obfuscation in the lore and in the mechanics it carries over into sort of the, the map design where where the fuck am i supposed to go <laughs> yeah where, where do i go also you meant you you mentioned it but let's dive into this hey do you want to know what this item does use it yeah because there's this whole item about that one there's this whole item discoverability thing where the more you use the item the more you learn about it. But when you first pick up an item, you don't know anything about it or like what its exact effects are until you use it. So it's like, oops, I poisoned myself to death because I ate the bad mushroom. I guess I should What's have cool just, about I that I mechanic though. I like, it so, is so, neat. It's neat. It's, it's neat. I just wish that like it wasn't there. I guess it just feels like this extra layer of obfuscation on a game that doesn't need it. What I would have loved is something either akin to uh, Diablo identification with Kane or, you know, uh, Elder, Elder Scrolls where you taste the ingredient where it's like a really minor version of the effect That'd and you cool. taste it just to like, you know, see what it does. Because I like the idea of picking up an item and you don't immediately know what it does. And I like the idea that the player has to like buy into figuring out what it is. However, there's certain items in the game that are like, 
you know, hey, you got this cool item and it's like a tarred branch. And you're like, what's a tar branch? And I guess I guess I don't really know. I'll eat it. It's like you got 150 souls and you're like, well, those souls are just going to get wasted because I'm going to die a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I saved that. Oh, item, I use this. And thing. now I can. The description <laughs> says use to peer further into your shell. And I'm like, I don't know what that means because I can't do that yet because I don't know what the shell's name is. So I can't yeah. level. I mean, it really plays against sort of um, the the scarcity habits that I that I have from any other RPG ever, which is I don't <laughs> hold on. To, I yeah. don't want to use the thing. I will hold on to it uh, for dear life till the very end of the game, right? And then we can see what it does. But now that I don't know what it does, I'm just not going to use it. I did right. absolutely uh, use the the shitty loot I found a bunch of times to learn how to play it well. That's good. When you, when I you, didn't. When you feel, That's when you one feel, thing I did not do. You can just start and immediately walk forward and just like do that. You don't actually have to like play it for very long. But when you do, it lets you use the arrow keys and you can like swap between uh, songs to play, which is neat. That is kind of neat. There's also additional loots. Um, when you're loading, <laughs> uh, it tells you there's different <laughs> icon. Like it tells you different item tooltips. And one of them was like master loot. And I was like, oh, great. I'm glad. There is a master loot in the game that I can find somewhere. You know, I appreciate that. That's that's the type of like dumb bullshit I like in my Dark Souls items. So, okay. Speaking of loading, though, since they do give tooltips, I want to talk about one of the most frustrating aspects about this game. Um, you do die a lot and often and easily, and it's very uh, easy to die. <laughs> uh, and normally I'm like, okay with this. I've gotten used to this concept as long as I can get back to my save point and I can iterate quickly, you know, super meat boy sort of started this forever ago when it was like, you're going to die a bajillion times, but Hey, guess what? As soon as you die, you're right back in it. So you can try again. Right. The music and like even that start fast, over. that fast loop is like so required for this dark souls. It, there's not like this massive delay. There is a load you know, but it's not that ridiculous. You know, you go back to your fire and you then you can start again. This game, every single time I died, it had to reload the scene where like my save point was and then load me into it. And it would take about two minutes every single time. And dying and just waiting for two minutes was agony, absolute agony. It made the game so much worse. This, this <laughs> and, is why you know, as the Dark Souls series went on, they got better and better about putting bonfires near bosses so you didn't have to run through yes. the whole level. <laughs> because they realized, oh, actually, death is enough of a punishment. Waiting, Making people wait to retry is the worst thing in the world. Um. So I, uh, speaking of bosses, that's another thing. So I, I fought that thing next to the main tower. I killed that. It didn't have its own music. Eventually, you find another <laughs> one that's even bigger in a cave and um, in, in some tomb. And his music is he has his own music. So I figured, you know, this is this must be a real boss. It has its own music, right? It has right. to. Um, that one took me a while. I did kill it. Um, and then I moved on. And then further in that cave, there's another boss. And then this boss had two phases and their own music. So this was like, I was like, this must be like a real deal boss. This is a story boss that like you have to kill them. But the first phase takes you like five minutes to kill and then fight the second phase. I don't know if you played Dark Souls 3. I don't know if you've played against like Storm King mm -hmm. or, um, you know, this, where Storm King has two really long yeah, phases. Surprise, and it's a really there's long a second fight. phase. Yeah. Uh, this fight felt like that, but it was the third boss in the game. Like, 
I was like, why is this so long? Why do I do so little damage? It's because there's no stats. They took away stats from the game. So you they took away weapon variety from the game. So your weapon, the damage that you had in your first hour was very close to the damage my weapon does five hours in because you can't change it. <laughs> you you can only find a couple upgrade items called quenching quenching somethings. Quenching acid. And yes, quenching acids. And I found two of them. So I had I had my sword plus two. But that was it. There's no strength or anything. There's no way I can spend my souls to increase my damage. So like that boss just has a ton of health. And no matter how much I play or level up or go wandering, that boss will always have a ton of health. And that's when I was like, I don't really want to play this anymore because the bosses are only going to get harder from here on out. And this boss is already going to take me like an hour to grind through. And I just don't want to keep doing that. It's actually funny that you mentioned that because I, I, I put about two hours into this and I, I wanted to look up some sort of um, late game fighting. And I, I just I ended up watching someone uh, fight against the, the final boss. Um, Perfect. And it took forever. Yes. Um, Great. Like, 12 minutes start to end and it's just Dear God. like the, the, the like the piddly amount of damage you do it 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 just makes the game such this just like so such a slog this continues yeah. to just sound like again uh, like not hating but this sounds like a game where somebody took the idea all the bad ideas from dark souls all the things i personally do not like about the series let's make combat very hard let's make everything Let's make everything the like bullshit esoteric item description lore story that Dark Souls has and make that everything. Let's make the bosses really hard because that's the thing people remember when they think about hard Dark Souls. Hard and spongy. Yeah. It's like I oh, want to be clear too no, that the please. bosses I fought I don't think are particularly hard or challenging. They it's just have a million because health. They just have a million health. So like <laughs> that one uh troll boss I fought, he had exactly 3 moves. I know because I counted. He had one move where he did a big wind up and jumped at you and then punched into the ground. That was the one I could get two hits on him. There was another one where he like did a tiny wind up and swung four times. That one you can't hit him at all. And then he had another one where he tried to like swing once and then stab and then you could get one hit in. So I had it down to like, if he does this, I do that. If he does this, I do that. And that fight still took six minutes. And I was like, it was just me watching him waiting for him to do these fight moves where like it would open up. And Dark Souls can be like that, too. But those fights don't last forever, no. <laughs> you know, and if, they uh, have face changes yeah. and they, you know, allow you to do different strategies. Like generally speaking, in the Souls games, if a boss takes a long time, you're doing you're either a doing something wrong or B, it's a puzzle boss and you're definitely yes. doing something wrong. <laughs> yeah oh my god like, it's like uh yeah the, the, the actual mechanics of the combat feel like not great dark souls and that this this oh, is god. more of a like somebody just messed up in terms of the game feel the friction of the game it's very so, kind of floaty and like here's my weightless theory on in that. animation it's not great. So I, I did. I did. I did want to talk about that a bit too, because I know you you had opinions about the dodge roll, and people had opinions about the hardening, and people had opinions about the parrying. Oh yeah, and all the that. hardening. Oh my god, there's this whole mechanic where you turn your dude into stone to like give yourself yeah. super armor on a thing. You can do it whenever, but it like you can't do anything while you're turned to stone, obviously, because you're yeah. a rock man. And like it takes us just like the dodge roll. There's like a delay on it activating, so you can't. It's harder to use reactively which is 
annoying and like oh no you took the wrong lessons from dark souls in, in terms of its difficulty so with the dodge roll specifically um the main character that you start with has a really confusing dodge where he has like a short step and then if you tap again he does yeah, a dodge a quick roll step into a roll kind of like which feels terrible yeah and there's, there's um, input de- there is input delay on that first dash on that quick step yes it's maddening and uh, once you find the other shells, so the gimmick of this game, Mortal Shell, is that you're some sort of weird putty man <laughs> and you take over uh, a guy in armor who looks like generic Dark Souls 1 character um, in like Lothric armor or something. And uh, you eventually can find three other shells that you can inhabit instead. And then each shell has a different like attribute to it. Um, so the main shell that you start with is supposed to have the highest resolve, which is like how you do special abilities. It's how you parry, um, for damage. Uh, and then the second shell is like the thief shell has a massive stamina pool. Like the stamina bar is twice as long as the, as the first dudes, but you take more damage when you get hit. However, your dodge is the shadow step dodge from dark souls where like you, oh, good. Fit, you get the, where you uh... like blink. <laughs> Was it the thief ring or whatever in Dark Souls 1? It actually sounds yeah. a lot better. Yeah. It is a lot better. The and then uh, the third character you find is a scholar who isn't good at combat, but is better at understanding the items. So when he uses the items, <laughs> what? he builds familiarity faster. Oh, hell yes. He can this learn is my to eating play the shell. quicker. <laughs> yes. I'm going to eat a bad well, keep mushroom. Keep in mind, there, there's no mechanic in the game to easily switch between shells. You can only switch between shells either the... by going to that hub, right, where the <sighs> where the people are laying down, or you find these little items called effigies, and you can use them to switch shells. However, those items are consumable, limited, and once you've used them, you go down to like ten percent of your health, and Man, and then switch into that, that armor. Sounds- terrible imagine how great it would be it if this was terrible. like a stance switch in devil may cry or whatever you just like tap right yes. shoulder just I'm, and then you get a skill point that like oh when you switch into thief you do a dash attack you know oh uh, you switched weapons... into mage you did a magic st- like oh that would be so much better <laughs> fuck uh, we the, should make the mortal wep- shell too <laughs> they should the weapons uh the weapons are the same system uh, where you can change them out at the place that you acquire them or you can change them at that that tower hub. Uh, but if you want to switch your weapons out in the field, you actually have to use an item. But this item has infinite uses, thankfully, but you have to find it. <laughs> so okay. I found the one for the main weapon and that's it. So I can never switch to anything else but the main weapon. That's weird. So that's cool. Um and yeah, so then the last shell, uh, which I've, I started using the most, has double the health bar of the main guy, but half the stamina bar. Uh, so your stamina sucks shit, but it gives you the Dark Souls dodge roll. There's no sidestep. You can just fat roll everywhere, and it's instant. There's no delay. So the, the fat rolls are why, awesome with that why, character. Why on earth did they fuck up the dodge roll on the first guy then? Why would you do that? Like that, like the, the 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 controls for like moving and combat already don't feel great. No. But then you also add input delay on the quick step dot. Oh my god! Why would you? It also feels like to compensate for that they gave the dodge like 
like a massive amount of iframes. It's all iframes, yeah. but it's like there's yeah. an input delay. It's it feels terrible to use. Which which oh. yeah, doesn't work. Yeah. Right. You have to you have to know when they're going to strike and so you dodge through it kind of thing. And it makes more sense in bosses, but this gets to the last point I really wanted to dig in on, uh which also talks to the map design is the enemy placement is horrendous. They're just like, you know what's fun? Fighting four enemies at once in a game that's all about dueling. And it's like, yeah, the, no. The encounter that, composition is terrible. That's never fun. Who wants to do this? Who wants to fight two enemies at once? Did any Dark Souls player ever say, you know what I like doing? Fighting more than one enemy at a time. Hey, you know what no I like? No one has ever said that. You know what I like? The start of Bloodborne where there's the <laughs> yeah. alley full of the street just full of wandering squads of dudes you can accidentally aggro and fight 10 guys at once. But those, I love but this. those guys all die yeah. in like one combo and they all stagger. None of the enemies stagger. None of the enemies <laughs> like die in one hit. It's awful. Oh, and you can't God. you can't juice it up so that they die in one hit either. So nope. you're just kind of stuck fumbling through, hoping you don't get your shit pushed in. I, with my awesome plus two weapon, uh, I was able to kill them in two hits, which was great. Oh wow! Uh, but only the um, unarmored dudes. The big dudes still took a lot. Um, I and... only fought like six guys, and then that troll in the cave <laughs> punched me in the face, and I died. And I'm like, you know, this actually just doesn't feel good enough to continue so i uh, i hit um i hit two of the seven bear traps that are in front of that cave are, <laughs> oh my god there's this so like those ones i all noticed 45 bear traps but there's this one area <laughs> where there's just a bear trap like hanging out and for whatever reason after you step in it your character resets it I don't know like yep. why they do that. You know, I stepped in this city, trap. Dude. I better I better put it back the way it was. The yeah, per, for the, the next hunter, guy. The hunter who put this out here is expecting something. I, I did make sure that if I were to kite an enemy into a bear trap, <laughs> that they <laughs> too would would have to feel what I felt. So at, at least we're even there. But like why is there sixty thousand bear traps in this forest? <laughs> so many I didn't see a single bear anywhere and uh that's another aspect um i know i said I, that was the last thing i want to talk about but as far as like enemy composition goes this is related there are no animals that i know of everyone is a human of some kind so i think you know small team took advantage of the fact that they could you know rig up one skeleton and animate it real good and uh just use that everywhere so like there's very very few enemy variety in the game um and the one and if there are new enemies, they're people or people shaped. So no beasts of any kind that I saw. I was kind of hoping that the thing you hear growling in the cave was like a messed up bear monster, considering all the bear traps. But no, it was just a dude with like claw hands, dude with claw arms. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm no, even in situations fucked up bear in like Dark Souls where you, you encounter larger groups of enemies, it, it's still provides you the tools to actually control how how many you're going to engage with in, in this like you're just playing footsies for like 10 minutes trying to like dick around with their aggro ranges so hopefully you get maybe one person instead of the whole camp of like 16 guys that want to kick your ass it's uh, i like you can see you can see where this can be improved, which is at least something like, okay, hopefully 
this is a thing that like okay I can see where you can fix this. And this this is their first game. Yeah, like there's a thing here that's neat enough, but like please fix it because like I don't know I think it looks kind of cool. I think I also think uh, I've also heard weird shit looks cool, so you know make make more of it. Yeah, I've heard the game uh, is very short. I've heard that from a couple people where I found some side areas. Right, I I went to the main place and then I found a tomb that led to a cave of ice, which sort of just ended. Uh, and then the other direction, you find a giant tower. Uh, and then that tower is very, I don't know, large and monolithic <laughs> and slate and boring. But that's I, I don't think there's many regions beyond that. Even looking at the trailer, I don't see many different areas. So I'm not sure how many there are. I've heard it is short, though, a short game. Yeah, I mean, like so much of this just seems like, you know, not necessarily problems, but more results of small independent development making a trying to make a Dark Souls, right? And not just like, oh, we're going to scale down Dark Souls necessarily, but we're just going to try to make Dark Souls. And then like, this is what you end up with necessarily just kind of spread too thin or they spread themselves too thin and trying to make a thing. So it's like, well, none of it's particularly super competent, which sounds harsh, but not wrong. Yeah. I just, yeah, I'm ready to hit this button and be surprised. Right. So, uh, did you enjoy it? Will you finish it? Recommend it. I, I, I think I'm of the four of us. And the only one that sort of was like, you beat a boss. I think it's fine. I just, I don't want to finish it. I just don't want to grind through the rest of the game because it feels very unrewarding to do so. Whereas Dark Souls 3 had not only communal aspect of like, oh, I can beat Dark Souls 3 and talk to other people who beat Dark Souls 3, which is a huge thing for me. No one, I know no one that has beaten Mortal Shell. I know no one that's played it. So like beating it means nothing. Uh, And then the other aspect is just like, um, I love exploring and finding new gear and finding new stuff. That's just like, Oh man, this makes the game so cool. And I just feel like the game's not going to present that opportunity to me because there's only four weapons in the game and four, you know, shells. So I just, I don't know. I feel like the game has shown me its hand and I just don't care anymore. So I'm (laughs) out. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I played it long enough to learn how to play a loot good and (laughs) discover that on PC, uh, turning shadow quality down below high makes the fog stronger for some reason. Uh, other than that, like, no, nah, I'm not fucking touching this thing again. Tim, over yeah. you. Um, it's it's funny that you say it's unrewarding because um, stat progression really would have helped in this game. Yeah. Uh, because that is just sort of built in uh, rewarding. But just it, it, everything feels so bland and like a slog and vague and opaque and just not good. It doesn't feel good. And <laughs> I don't I don't like it. I don't want to play it ever again. <laughs> you can't make me. <laughs> and uh, just give me Elden Ring. Yeah. All right. All right. So we're done. Bracelet satisfied. I hope. Um, I've hit the button because I think it was my the turn. Wheel. I think it was my turn. I hit the button. We have to. We have to discuss this because I've played this game to completion already. But that's that's fine. The button has given not... us Hellblade: Senua's Sacrifice. 
Oh, I never played that. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've been meaning to play actually that. actually has a sequel coming out in the not-so-distant future, so maybe this is good timing. Hmm. I've always been curious about this game because it it's, is uh, very... not long. I have some, no some idea acclaim. what the game is. Yeah. It's very, I think, you know, not to prime the waters here, but I think it's pretty good. It's also not super long, so which is good because there's shit to play for the next couple weeks. They want a BAFTA. Yeah. BAFTA award-winning video game. Well, I was excited about Mortal Shell, so <laughs> let's... I'm excited well, about I mean, this, so let's see if this could... You can only go up from there. Actually do it for me. This one actually has a story. If anything, the criticism I've heard is it's all story. <laughs> it's more story than game. I would but say I don't know how that, that the... Is. The gameplay is uh, uh, exists in order to shepherd you to really cool story. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's about Viking hell. It's basically God of War. I mean, <laughs> this is uh, yeah, it looks cool. Shit. The trailer for um, Hellblade Two looked really intriguing to me, so I kind of wanted to play the first one to find out what it was all about. Oh. So yeah, I'm in. I'm into this. I'm trying to check it out. Bam! See you in two weeks. For that. I also heard that this game has some sort of supposedly some sort of permadeath, but I don't know how true that is. I always heard I, I couldn't tell if that was a rumor or not. I knew that was the big news piece when this game came right, out. Right, the like you fuck up too much, so it'll delete your save, or it'll like make it so you can't reload the save because you're just dead, dead. Yeah, I don't, I don't like I don't know how true that is. I also don't know if it's possible to <laughs> even hit that to be honest, but. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, so what did you guys play last week? Tim, what did you play? Because I know Daniel and I have stuff to talk about with Total War, but what did you play, Tim? I, I played more Lost Ark. Yeah. Um finally I, got a boat. I, yeah. I, uh, did you find the Ark? I haven't locked found a I new haven't one. logged in, in a few days because <laughs> Total War came out. Same. I mean, it's uh, I I don't got a lot more to say. The story is still nonsense. Um, mm -hmm. But you got the boat, uh, I, right? I got so the you, boat. You're, you're done the first continent story. Yeah, it did, took. Did you finish Gulliver's? Did you finish Gulliver, Gulliver's Travels Island? I did. Um, oh, I got real Korean, the Korean ferry that. island. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, just kind of like going through uh, the ocean and now all these to, uh, dumb little islands. Yeah, now you're on to no, storyline. Yeah, uh, fantasy China Fant yeah, tournament fantasy arc. China. It's a tournament arc. Yeah, that's the tournament arc, which is actually yeah. I'm I'm shown in anime time. Yep. <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm enjoying it. Um, I'm I, uh, probably gonna keep playing it. Uh, I hit the end game progression point. Which... Yeah, it's weird. It feels like there's like a, a fuckload more story to go, and I'm level forty. Like, yeah, I'm level 45, and so it caps I think, out at 50, right? I think theoretically, yeah. the last area, uh, Vern or whatever, the last continent is where you should Vern hit. Should be hitting 50. I hit 50 in like the fourth continent, partway through it, which is uh, fantasy. Which is well, not fantasy, but it's Midgar. It's where the the classes with guns come from. It's literally Midgar. It's got like robots and AIs and stuff and trains. Nice. There's hoverboards. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, uh, I've heard. So I have a guild of people that yes, um, you're in Vinco, you know, are MMO correct. hardcores. So like they've gotten so much further than I have. So I've sort of gleaned what the end game is from them. But once you hit the level cap, 
the progression switches from levels purely to eye level yes. and your average eye level goes from like 200 or whatever it is at at your level up to like 600 yeah uh which is like the end game stuff is past 600 so you're in so, all right are you in the the giant bomb guild or are you in another one the giant bomb guild yeah it's called yeah, Vinco. Vinco. yeah okay so <laughs> it's funny I, I i've also been interacting with i we're in like a dinky two-person guild uh me and tim but hey it's you know it's fine uh, <laughs> it's cozy I, I made that before i we accidentally ended up on the giant bomb server uh <laughs> but um the, uh, you know interfacing with vingo from the other direction talking to those people who are playing it's like yeah it's like being the the shepherd on the giant bo- bomb discord of like here's what lost ark's end game is like uh if you're somebody that's played lost ark and been like yeah this is very much like a regular mmo or like the most recent final fantasy expansion where like Boy, it sure is a lot of mashing through dialogue boxes before I get to do not that much combat, but the combat's good. Let me tell you, you get to endgame and suddenly it's an ARPG again. <laughs> the like nice. main the main progression are these like chaos dungeons, which are like rifts or maps from PoE, which is here's three stages of just the screen is full of monsters. Kill them to move on. That's kind of all I want from this game. Which is real good. That's where all the loot is, and you're getting uh, gear that is at a base tier level, depending on its rarity, and then you're getting uh, uh, like items that you can use to upgrade that. It's like weirdly friendly. It's one of those things where at a certain point, there's a chance for gear upgrades to fail, but I haven't hit that point yet. But when you do, it's like, oh, you build up an immunity chance, A, and B... There's this weirdly friendly thing where once you start getting into dropping um, like endgame upgradable accessories like rings and amulets or whatever, those all have uh, random secondary stats and like all your gear is a quality level and like extra skills on them, which go into that monster hunter like skill tree thing. Um, But like if you want to just like, oh, I found a better pair of pants. I mean, none of the classes wear pants, so you'll have to imagine that, but a better pair of pants that like, oh, this has the secondary stats I want or more of them because it's like quality 95 and my pants are like quality 60. You can just like transfer your upgrades to this new gear drop for just silver. Like you don't even have to farm anything for it. It's like, oh, that's good to hear. It's bizarrely friendly in a way that a lot of the systems in Lost Ark turn out to be bizarrely friendly. Like you keep expecting to hit the yeah. like, here's where the pay to win is, and it's like, oh, actually, here's no. where the uh, the Korean no. MMO kicks yeah. in. And it's like, and no, actually, I'm, I'm, I, I think a lot of people uh, approach this game with trepidation about that yeah. sort of thing taking place, like at Endgame. And I'm, I'm personally like really curious to see how all these sort of auxiliary systems, like, like your island and your boats and shit, like, um, the, just sort of factor the, into the, the Endgame stuff. The, so the boat stuff eventually ties into you get daily quests. You can do three a day and weeklies and whatever and a lot of those take place on those islands and a lot of those islands have their own progression a lot of that is completely tertiary it's like some of it can get you stuff that you can convert to currency that you can use in your mainline progression but a lot of it is like you're just if you want to just finish this island to get stuff like cosmetic stuff or titles or like more island stuff to do you can just do that you don't have to do your main daily progression stuff because like everything else in the game it just builds up like oh you don't do it five days in a row or whatever cool you can log in and now you can do the chaos dungeon eight times instead of twice oh you can do the the daily raid bosses 
eight times instead of, you know, or like kill it and loot it twice instead of just once. Oh, you can do your weekly actual like end game instanced dungeon content <laughs> with a party, like a real MMO uh, multiple times because you didn't do it last week. It's like, again, weirdly friendly in a way that oh, it's cool that it, that, yeah. it, that would have banked you for uh, yeah, bank those it, for it you. Banks all that stuff. So it's like, oh, I haven't logged in because we've been, I've been playing Total War. When I go back, I can just make up for all that stuff I didn't do every day. I, yeah. I did not expect this game to like try and sidestep FOMO at all. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it's weird how it manages to do that. And once you get into the, the progression loop of actually like, okay, now I have to like actually know what I'm doing with the combat, it's very fun. It's taking advantage of all the like skill systems it's unlocked and like your ability to like have different builds like i have a raid boss build i have a dungeon build on my sorceress that i switch between <laughs> it's great i'll get into that once i reach end game but i'm, I'm I, like i said uh great game still enjoying it um you guys want to talk about uh your total war total hey. war is a good series i've played everyone since shogun 2 except rome 2 which i did not play but i a, this this baby over here he's like i've played all of them since this most recent one Yes, I got into it really big with Shogun 2. Yeah. I mean, then, to be fair, most people did with Shogun 2. I mean, it came out of nowhere and it was so awesome. I'm, I'm the old, then, I'm the old uh, man that started with Shogun 1. Gross. <laughs> I've, I've seen that game. It doesn't look good. No. <laughs> didn't look good at the time. Didn't look particularly good or impressive at the time either. But, you know, I watched Rome Remaster too. And even that looks terrible. Like, I, I don't yeah. know Rome, who was playing that game. Boy. Uh, but Warhammer 3, the third game in the Total War Warhammer series, which has been going on for quite some time now, uh, the first one came out of nowhere. Uh, Creative Assembly was just like, you know what? We should start partnering with people. And they've been doing games for a while. Uh, and um, they did a couple RTSs uh, with Warhammer 40K. I don't think they ever did a normal Warhammer RTS. But then Total War, I don't know who approached who, but they were like, hey, we should like a Warhammer one. So they there did. There were a couple of old fantasy uh, RTS games. Uh, uh, Shadow of the Horned Rat, I think, is one. And then there's a, another one. That, but, like, Never they're ancient. They're ancient. Uh, what's cool about this matchup is that Creative Assembly is, like, really competent and passionate about what they do. They have all their historical games are, you know, they, they care a lot about historical accuracy, as far as I know, as far as well, characters, they, they names, try. and places they try and all to, of like, that. They try to make make the gamification of it make sense historically. So in Warhammer, you know, there is a ton of lore that they can dig into from Creative Assembly, but there's also a lot of holes. And um, Creative Assembly, the creators of Warhammer, trust them games, enough games now. Workshop. Games Workshop. Who's Creative Assembly? They're Creative the Assembly. Total War Creative Assembly is the Total War people. Yeah. Sorry, I'm confusing them. Games Workshop is the Total War people. <laughs> or sorry, is the Warhammer people. There you go. God. Anyways, Games Workshop has a ton of lore about uh, Warhammer and the books and they have an RPG and all this stuff. But there are a lot of holes in their, you know, world building and because they've ever like put it all to a map and like forced everyone to live next to each other. Yeah. So like so the, the, the hole here is that like for this setting, for these races, they needed Cathay, which is. The biggest um, hole of them all. Which is t- f- Warhammer's version of fantasy China. And they just didn't exist. Like, they're yeah. in the whole history from the creation of Warhammer fantasy to its sunsetting with the end times, like, 
almost 10 years ago now, uh, Fantasy China had maybe two paragraphs of stuff directly referencing them in like 30 years of stuff written about Warhammer. Like it just didn't, it was a thing that got mentioned, oh, they're, then they have a Great Wall equivalent and they fight chaos too, but they're over there and so they don't matter because the story's here in fantasy Western Europe. Yeah, uh, don't worry about them. But <laughs> so Games Workshop, as part of the very slow unmentioned work on doing something again with the Warhammer Fantasy Universe miniatures wise, uh, just created Cathay for Creative Assembly to use in Total War. So it's like, here's new, and they did stuff with Kislev too, like all the Kislev stuff in this is new. Yeah, a lot of the Kislev but stuff is new. It's, as somebody that got into Warhammer Fantasy when I was eight years old, when I walked by a Games Workshop store and thought that Warhammer was the coolest shit I'd ever seen in my life, uh, it is super bizarre to see new Warhammer Fantasy stuff, especially since it's a setting that's dead. Right. And so, like, having them just create this thing, new stuff, like a new race, and just try to slot it into an existing universe is weird because, and this is, like, not so much the game's fault as so much of it is just, like, Games Workshop's fault, air quoting here, but, like, Cathay is weird because Warhammer fantasy is just fantasy real-life Earth. But because it's been like 35 years of being a fantasy realm, all a lot of the real world's edges have been like filed off and stuff and things have been Warhammerified. And part of my problem with Total War Warhammer 3 so far is that like, they is kind of just fantasy China. Like they don't feel like a Warhammer faction. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, they do. They definitely feel like, hey, we made a whole China game. I don't know if you yeah. guys played it. Three Kingdoms yeah. and maybe Games Workshop. We could just use some of our ideas from there and use that to like create sort of the basis of this cafe, um, yeah. you know, Cause, faction. Cause so much of like Warhammer and what people think of like when they think of Warhammer is like the Flanders Flanderization of all these fictional races. We're like, yeah, yeah. Orcs, it's all very like European fantasy, yeah. isn't it? Like the it's Empire, very Lord of the Ringsy. The, the Empire yeah. is just the Holy Roman Empire. Bretonia is just like uh, medieval France. France. Kislev is just a weird soup of Eastern Europe, Scandinavia, parts of Scandinavia, Slavic countries, and Russia. Where are the vampires? Uh, the vampires are Romania. <laughs> right. Uh, the lizard people are just Mesoamerica. Uh, the Dark Elves are North America, weirdly enough, because uh, they're slavers. <laughs> Wild. Yeah, the high, the high, <laughs> the high elves are just Atlantis. It's like, but you know, again, after thirty years, a lot of those, like, like the orcs, for example, are like a satire of like eighties uh, English soccer hooligans who just wanted to go to a football game so that they could. Uh, throw bricks at the other team bus and maybe stab a guy that came from <laughs> East Townfordshire for a football game. But yeah, everyone's like, favorite fantasy. And like that was the genesis of it. But like the orcs aren't just that. And Cathay feels like people at Games Workshop and I guess, you know, having having to create something out of whole cloth. It's like, oh, it's just fantasy China. So here's the stuff that's Chinese and fantasyized. But like, like it hasn't been Warhammerized enough. I don't. Does, think. It, does it feel it's like they staple China to like the kind edge of, of your Lord of the Rings? Kind of. 
like, is it as built out lore wise? Because I like it is sort of, and they're trying. And part of my reaction is just like me being a grumpy old man with my setting that I'm used to. And here's a new thing I have to get used to. But like, it's just, it feels like somebody tried to make a thing based on the idea of orcs are football hooligans, right? It's not, here's a thing that was made and has been evolved into a war, into a unique, different state. It's like they took fantasy China and just put fantasy China in the, the your big yeah. monster, your big monster unit is a giant terracotta soldier. Who kicks, I, who kicks a ton of ass don't get me wrong but it's like oh, this doesn't feel like warhammer and it's a little off-putting it have, does feel like total war warhammer though like if yeah. you played total war warhammer 2 <laughs> yeah. it feels a lot like that which is weird because it fits in that scenario but it probably wouldn't fit in the books or on the table yeah as like an old groggy warhammer person Cathay is like this is super weird it was weird seeing people on the internet be super excited for it or like in advance, and it's like, I don't remember anybody giving a shit about Cathay when like I was playing seventh edition Wood Elves on the table. Question, question. Um, do they sort of uh, jam this fantasy China in there, uh, like like, and and not having it be present in the past by saying that they were deeply isolationist? Basically, yeah. Yep. They have a great yeah, wall. Okay, yeah. They were sitting That's behind it. They were you know defending against chaos. And that's their campaign mechanic. They have a great and wall. like like every fantasy setting when they try to introduce yeah. like uh, of, some sort of Asian cultures. Yeah, yeah. The they're just of, like the oh, they were just time. isolationists. They're here now. Don't worry. Yeah, the Wheel of Time has that too, <laughs> where there's a land on the other side of a desert, where it's just like yeah, it's, they're isolationists. Nobody talks about them, so we don't have to bring them up. People now are, are like still? are oh. like Ind. I can't wait for them to add Ind, and it's like Ind has like Ind is fantasy India. It has maybe a sentence in thirty years. People are real excited about the possibility of maybe we'll get Nippon now, which is literally just, yeah, I heard about that too. which is literally just, uh, well, in the lore in Warhammer world, it's the place where the ogres went to learn how to be ninjas. And so did the Skaven. And it's again, it's literally just the Japanese word for themselves, for their country. Nippon is our fantasy right. Japan. Uh, but overall, I think Total War 3 is more of the... the Warhammer 3 is more of Total War Warhammer. My main problem with it is it runs like hot fucking garbage. Yeah, like, but I'm used to that. Like, <laughs> especially, I, com- like, Total War 2, <laughs> War, Total War Warhammer 2. Just call it ran, Total Warhammer. Ran <laughs> fine. The previous game, uh, Total War Troy, which is a smaller title, ran like butter. It was incredible. I'm like, my hardware... I was getting 60 FPS like all the time on like high. I can't. I have the game on almost all low. I have it forced to run in DirectX 11. I cannot break 30 FPS consistently on the map, on the overworld map. what happens map. when you put all those rats in that game. I just, mm-hmm. it run And like the battles run mostly fine, uh, which is good because there's, you know, a lot of them and some of them aren't great. How do you feel about the settlement battles? Because those are new. Um, they're fine. I mean, yeah. like, like I said, I'm very used to, I played three kingdoms mm-hmm. a lot. And so, you know, I know the settlement battles are a little bit different, but they're much more similar to the three kingdom settlement battles. So like, yeah, they're not new there's, to there's me. Actually, cause previously, <laughs> previously there were none unless a town had walls. You were just an open field. Yeah. And so on the one hand, that's cool novelty on the other, man, some of those fucking, the AI always has cheated in these games. 
watching okay you killed the town because like the settlement battles all right you, you have these supplies and they build up and you can build temporary structures if you're the defender so you can like throw up a barricade on like cool. build points so it's like okay i want to spend 200 build things here put up a shitty wall 600 put up a great turret on this turret point on the set point the ai cheats in that a they don't care about their supply count and b uh there's normally a cooldown after one of these temporary things gets destroyed and the ai you can and it like shows up in the ai uh, in the ui like okay you broke this there's 90 seconds where a tower can't get rebuilt and the ai is building a tower while the countdown is counting down and it <laughs> makes a lot of these settlement battles uh and especially cuz the ai knows the settlements are good to defend uh so you don't get a lot of open field battles and so you're fighting a lot of settlement battles and the ai cheating in them means that a lot of them just don't stop feeling strategic at a certain point where it's like, I'm not taking this town street by street because if I do, the AI is just building infinite towers like behind me. So I got to go take all these supply points that the AI is not smart enough to defend. It's like, I there, there are structural problems, I think, with this campaign. Like you're exploiting the AI instead of like yeah, fighting against like it? like the AI is still... That's also classic Total yeah, War. I mean, that's classic, <laughs> but the way you have to exploit them in this game feels kind of crappy see you're saying all these complaints these are these, these are, are hallmarks these are, these are pillars of the total <laughs> war true. series it just i don't like feeling like i have to do the exploits right no i i know but that's why i don't play on super hard settings oh, i'm playing on, i'm playing on normal normal and i am already yeah. tired of settlement battles yeah, normal hard's oh. the way to go i forgot my first campaign was kids 11 i played hard hard and i forgot that hard on the campaign map is excruciating because it allows um enemy ai to just rebuild their armies yeah in they seconds. just get so, flat bonuses to money so it's like oh, oh i finally wiped out their death stack and then like three turns one. later it's back alive and this i'm game like is also, I think just, this game is also just harder yeah. in general like they they did try it is that. hard but um, I've, I've I'm considered my Kislev uh, Kislev campaign a wash. I so started a new one. So what's funny is that they <laughs> list Kislev and the Chaos Legion campaign as recommended campaigns. They're yeah. fucking. They are fucking liars. Those are the hardest <laughs> goddamn campaigns in the game. I, my first one I did Chaos Legions. You know what I'm dealing with on turn four of that fucking campaign? I got yeah. way up in the northern waste, and the chaos demons are automatically always at war with everybody that isn't demons all the time. Yep. I take the port. Okay, first mission, complete your complete your first province. Go take this port city. Don't take the port city, whatever you do. It's a trap. Because you do that, <laughs> and suddenly the AI remembers you're up there, and you're dealing, here's a full stack from Marienburg. Here's just a like full stack from Kislev. like the fucking Eye of Sauron shows up? Here's the fucking wood elves show up on your shore with a full stack and they're (laughs) friends with Norsica who's mad at you too. And so suddenly it's like turn six in this campaign and you're dealing with like four army, full, four full stack armies just like immediately. It's such a trap. (laughs) I don't get it. Uh, Also, uh, the the chaos demons do have this cool thing. The unaligned or undivided where like you build a character. You get a yeah. demon, you get a cool, crazy demon lord, and you, as you increase favor with different demon, with different chaos gods, you unlock, like, parts. You can have, like, different legs or, like, arms and wings and, like, build it, and those all have stat bonuses. Uh, part of what makes their campaign hard is that the chaos demon doesn't have any, the chaos lord doesn't have any campaign bonuses. 
Like normally when you select a sub faction, it's like, oh, they get plus 20% to rating or whatever. You don't get any of that. Yeah. All the chaos undivided Lord dudes bonuses are all for combat. So he doesn't get any like buff passive buffs because, and also oh, his man. skill tree sucks shit because it's all like bad passives. And so, and also he's not very good at combat because you have to unlock the good combat parts. <laughs> so you have a bad Lord with no passive bonuses and you just get absolute, your shit absolutely kicked in by the AI like right away. I like the sound oh. of this Build-A-Bear demon. It's cool. Yeah. You can actually like, you demon. can save it as a preset even. And like, you know, have like, oh, I'm going into combat with here. I'm going to switch into, instead of a sword and shield, I'm going to switch into two scythe arms and a crazy like slime trail secreting snake legs and like all kinds of like weird shit like that. It's really cool. Um, it just, there's problems with performance and bugs and some of them are old bugs that got fixed in previous games that just return in every time there's a new game, like units forgetting what their orders are and bad pathfinding on units. I have a video clip of I'm trying to play as ogres. I'm like, okay, guys, go in there, kill those shitty empire spearmen and the ogres go to charge and then they just kind of start wandering around in a circle. Like ants, like ants in a big ant death spiral, and like all my units are just kind of hanging out, and it happens all. You have to babysit the AI, your own AI, so yeah. much. I, that part's new. That part's not a total war staple. I will say, I think, um, I actually think that that is a problem with the maps. It isn't like the systems. Yeah, there's, I think there's probably some. They built. The, there's probably some bug in the maps. I I did face Skaven, um, city. And that had the worst pathing. It oh, was just the, broken. The pathing, the pathing in city was sometimes broken. Sometimes it's broken, and like your units will just like get stuck on stuff in a way yeah. that like doesn't stuck make any sense. Like, things. Yeah, I just, like there's a lot of bridges in this game in city, and they just like the AI couldn't understand what a bridge was. So like I'd click on the opposite side of the bridge for them to move across it, and they'd like walk off a ramp and try to walk around and then yeah. get up the other side like they just it's, they just couldn't comprehend how bridges worked some of it, it is really frustrating yeah it's like my biggest pro like i overall really do like this game but it's like oh, there's I had so this many i wanted to share this there's so many just like small built up oh yeah they the way they break out the kills and damage now which is like wild and useful how much money did i hit you for that's a fun one yeah i uh so like most units deal like 500 damage per unit um sometimes it breaks like this it's funny i had a bad this wasn't broken this was the real <laughs> deal I, I had it break with a damage dealt and it's like oh this because like i auto resolve and it just like makes up numbers. oh no this was <laughs> this is me playing with magic because oh ma magic right. magic in this game this was me selecting the kislev leader and um magic in this game has always been sort of like janky and hard to make work they did a huge magic overhaul for total warhammer 3 uh, versus the second one and i actually think it's it's a lot better it, it makes a lot more sense they tell you the damage numbers of every spell yep. finally thankfully <laughs> it's no longer just like this spell hits people and you're like yeah. cool this does this <laughs> thank it, you yeah it's like i like, right, good to know is this a explosion but, is this a like no this one it's like very much here's all the now it's like yeah this spell it. hits them for 16 damage and this spell hits them for a hundred and i'm like oh well the hundred one sounds good let me let me use that one <laughs> so now i you know and then so like if you can get certain like um strangle 
holds not string holds what is it like choke points if you can get certain choke points you can just like unleash insane amounts of damage really fast and i uh, i I enjoyed that you were able to do that i've done a bit of i think his love's not great (laughs) no their start position is hard it's their units i'm their units are all weird hybrid units units that you have to pay way too much attention to to get value out of yeah they're very i I uh, did i did starts i did like the first 15 or 20 turns of all the campaigns kislev is very hard i think their stuff's underwhelming their unique faction mechanic of this like war for influence between the orthodoxy and like the ice witches oh yeah that's doesn't doesn't matter at all like it doesn't yeah. change anything that matters and yet everybody it costs the... you five thousand dollars every yeah. and it every doesn't do anything several turns. It's, like, it's like almost completely useless and yet for some reason every other faction in the game gets updates on who's winning the influence war <laughs> like yeah they, i thought that was funny you're playing matter. the chaos lords and it's yeah, just it's like, like orthodoxy oh, the queen. it's like what yeah the, the queen's losing control against the orthodoxy i'm like do i care i'm a giant <laughs> like, bird monster i didn't, I didn't bird... subscribe to this email <laughs> I'm a bird yeah. monster get out of here uh my main my main problem is the actual like the actual campaign because this is not the complete combined maps. This is not a sandbox campaign. This is following in the footsteps of Total War Warhammer Two, yeah, with yeah. the the Vortex campaign. But unlike the Vortex campaign, you cannot ignore this game's campaign mechanics. You have to interact with the chaos portals and all of that. There's no I'm just gonna do my own thing and then teleport to fuck up the AI like you could in two. Uh, I think it's not great. I don't enjoy having a Doom counter on my Total War campaigns, so I modded it out of the game by editing the pack file on Friday night. <laughs> I haven't thought about it since. It's uh, it's all right. I yeah, I was I'm that's just, when I decided my Kislev campaign was a wash because yeah. I, I I I waited to turn ninety and then I was like, okay, I'm finally stabilized. I've defeated all of my neighbors. I have you know four provinces. I have two giant death stacks. Let me try to do this story mission thing. Maybe I can like knock out three of these in one turn, like one no. section. Out, no. And uh, so I send my lord in, and my lord, it, I sent them to corn. Uh, and the um, blood for the blood gods, like, hey, fight people here, and maybe Fill you can meter. meet me. I was like, okay, great. So then I, I was like, oh, this dude's right here. Uh, let me fight him. And I lost my entire stack, and I died. And then I was like, well. Maybe Kislev isn't great. Also, by <laughs> because... the way, the AI cheats in those two, like in that corn one, they like they fill the bar faster than you do. It's like you have to win three fights. The AI can just an uh, opposing AI can just win one. Uh, the Zinch realm, it's a teleporter maze, which everybody loves blind teleporter mazes, right, guys? Hell yeah. Uh, the, AI, no. RTS, the, the, the AI RTS strategy games. The AI cheats. They their teleporters always go the correct direction. You can follow the AI and go to a different teleporter path. Game sounds like it cheats a lot. The AI. It's it the only way. It's the only possible way to make the AI a challenge is to cheat. I do think the AI is more of a challenge in this game than the second one. I I do think it's yeah. a little unbalanced. But um, Warhammer Two had twenty patches yeah, across like its a million, fight cycle. Yeah. Twenty major patches where they added <laughs> I, new factions i've been you know, looking i like i played a lot of it over the weekends again i played at least 20 turns of all the different lords campaigns but like i need like two patches i like need them <laughs> so badly because i want i really do like the found like the total war warhammeriness is good i would prefer if it was fixed before it came out 
you know, it's getting yeah, not ready way. for prime time. No. Yeah. Although I'm excited for the old world campaign. Uh, yeah. It's going to be bonkers and Several computers months. won't be able to run it, but I, <laughs> I'm ready for it. So one of the cool things about the Warhammer series for, for Tim, who doesn't follow them is they have, you know, this game has eight factions in it and the previous game had like 20 and then the first one had 20 other ones. And what they do is they have this section called the old world where they combine all the factions together into one mega map. Yeah. And uh, so if you own Warhammer one and two, you can play a campaign that is like a slightly shifted. Well, in some cases, not so slightly shifted around and rescaled entire Warhammer world map and just have a sandbox campaign with all the factions. And so in three, awesome. it will be all the factions again on an even bigger world map, which is nuts and wild. Now, when when you play one of these um, old world campaigns, um, does how how long does it take uh, from the end of your turn to the beginning of your next turn? So which which game? Are you t- so in Warhammer two, like they actually minutes. specifically <laughs> oh god no no they they fix that and it's present in this game too. The end turn times are like shockingly quick. There's a before it used to take forever. Then they at fixed turn it. 100, it starts to slow yeah. down a lot. <laughs> well, it depends on how much depends on how much of the map you've painted your own color. Uh, the, well, this, no, no, it's game, just it's, the AI thinking, right? <laughs> because because they have so many actions they have to take. Because now they each have like eight lords, and they each have three armies, and they each have to do crap. But yeah, it is way faster than it was. But yes, uh, once you get to the very end game, like it can take a really long time in between turns. The last old world I did. Yes, the last old world I won or did was like I went up to turn 250 or something. And I was like, I can't play this anymore. I'm dying. It won't (laughs) let me. What I do like (laughs) is like at the start of this game, there's like 106 factions on the map. And like the post turn is like you hit end turn. It's your turn again in like 10 seconds. It's very quick. Yeah, uh, mine is not that fast, but my no. computer is not that fast, so no. that's probably why I should turn all the settings to minimum if I haven't. Um, there's a there's a good list out there somewhere of like what actually affects the FPS most, and it's like the common culprits like turn lighting to low, and that'll turn off shadows, and it'll make the game it makes the game look like shit, but it you know it runs slightly better. Still can't get. The I don't camp- need to look at the game. I'm still, I'm there still for can't the spreadsheet. Get the, Still can't get the campaign map to consistently run above 24 FPS, but, you know, that uh, seems like a bug, <laughs> which, again, it's it gets in the way when you're trying when you spend so much time on the map. Uh, please see a Monster Rancher one and two DX on Steam has patched twice since this game came out. <laughs> what are you guys doing? Amazing. Um, this is run long. I think mm-hmm. we should cut it here. Um Thank you so much for joining us to hear our rants about several video games, including Mortal Shell, Warhammer 3, Lost Ark, Street Fighter, and uh, we talked briefly about one more thing. What was it? I, don't I can't remember. remember. Yeah, it was so long ago. <laughs> the before times. The before times. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, put in the show again. notes. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you next time on the Funcast. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.